I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna podcast for another edition of our press review show. Uh, apologies for our live viewers if this slightly earlier than usual kickoff time has caught you off guard. But as I mentioned yesterday, I am heading down to talk sport for an afternoon of work. So needed to get this done just that little bit earlier. And the big, big story that we're going to be leading with today is according to reports in Italy from Alfredo Pedula, to be specific, Arsenal have been rejected by Sassuolo striker Gianluca Scamacca. Now, this comes apparently after Arsenal lodged a bid of £34 million plus bonuses in order to try and sign the 23-year-old striker. Now, do you believe it? I'm not 100% sure that I do, um, but it is a big report. It is a big story and it is starting to gather pace and wind uh, around the Arsenal Twitter sphere, etc., etc. So I thought it would be worth discussing. And, uh, and I thought I'd uh, share my views and thoughts on this particular rumour. I beg your pardon. Hay fever getting the best of me uh, at the moment. Let's say a few good mornings before we dive into it. Wait, going to sneeze again. There we go. Hopefully that's the last of it. My apologies. Uh, big hello to uh, Gunnar Deja Vu, to Henry, uh, who, to Trevor, to typically Arsenal fan, uh, and to Mafia Boss, uh, to JW. Loads of you in the chat with us this morning, which is great. Uh, so thank you all, as always. Oh, have we got another sneeze coming? Uh, no, I think we might be okay. Big hello to Deflected Mind, uh, to Nikhil as well. Hope you guys are all well. It is bloody hay fever season, and um, I suffer from it really, really badly. I've been given these tablets that I always get every summer because I had to go to the doctor and say, Look, I can't do my job, I can't speak without sneezing every two minutes, which is a problem. Um, but uh, I've only just started taking them this year and, and they're going to take a, a little bit of time to uh, to kick in, I'm sure. Uh, big hello to Matt, who says, uh, good morning. He also says, do you still have a schedule for the live shows or is it just whenever you feel like it? So really, I try to stick to tw either 12.30 or 5 p.m. Those are the two slots that I try to fill. But um, sometimes I get work and it comes in at the last minute and sometimes I have to shift it around. That's what's happened today. Um, I have to be at work at one o'clock, 1 p.m. UK time. So instead of doing this at 12, 1230, I decided to do it at 11 so that it gives me plenty of time to get it out without rushing it to do a full length episode and then um, get off and do the work that I need to be doing today as well. Big hello to Jay Krienke, uh to 33 Fivers, who joins us from the US. And uh, to Martin, who says, tits, I'm late. You're not that late, mate. Don't worry about it. We've only been going for three minutes. In fact, we haven't talked about anything, really, uh, at this point. So don't stress uh, too much about it. But without further ado, let's get into it then. So as I say, reports coming out of Italy that Gianluca Scamacca has rejected the idea of moving to Arsenal. And this supposedly comes after Arsenal lodged an opening bid of £34 million plus bonuses for the 23-year-old. So when I, you know, when I talk about strikers, Scamacca is one of the names that people always put in the chat. He's one of the players that people appear to be very interested in. He's one of the players um, that 
it is on a lot of people's radars because of some of the real positive signs that he's shown over the last couple of seasons. Um, as I say, 23 years old, um, played 36 times in the Serie A in the season just gone by, scored 16 goals in that time, um, which is pretty good. And uh, and he just, when you look at Gianluca Scamacca, you see somebody who feels like he'd be such a great fit for the Premier League. Now, why do I say that? Because he's big, because he's powerful, because he's strong, but he's also technically very, very good. And so you can understand why there is a lot of interest in this player. And you can understand why, as I keep saying, he's somebody that people always ask me about. Am I sure that Gianluca Scamacca is ready for a step up from a club like Sassuolo to Arsenal? And, and I know that Arsenal are not punching right at the top of the Premier League anymore, and I'm not wishing or seeking to be a snob in any way, shape or form. But what I mean by that is Gianluca Scamacca is very comfortable, I would say, in the Serie A, but he's still not hit the absolute peak of the Serie A. He's still not right at the very, very top. Is he a good striker? Yes. He's 23 years old, so understandably there's a lot of excitement about him. And understandably, people are interested to see what his next move is going to be. But there is a real tendency. Um, there is a real tendency for Italian players to want to stay in Italy and want to stay in the Serie A. And you might think, why on earth do they want to do that? It's not the best league in the world anymore. It certainly isn't the best paid league in the world anymore. So why would these players like Gianluca Scamacca, when they get to this point in their careers where they're attracting attention, not just domestically, but you know, across the continent, why would they or why are they so adamant that they want to stay in Italian football? And that's because culturally, Italian football is still really, really strong. And it means the absolute world to those who have grown up around it. And, you know, that's something that we often miss as Premier League fans. You know, we think the Premier League is the be all and end all, that there is nothing outside of the Premier League, that this is where you want to be. And that football everywhere else has less relevance. And actually, that's not the case. Um, as I say, those who love Serie A love it deeply. And Gianluca Scamacca would have grown up watching that week in, week out. He is said to prefer a move to Inter. He's said to prefer a move to one of the big Serie A clubs. And at this stage in his career, especially, you can understand why he might feel a little bit more comfortable staying at home, basically. Um, it's not uncommon, as I say, for Italian players to want to do this, to want to stay in the Serie A. And it's not uncommon, as I say, for players that have grown up around the Serie A, like Dusan Vlavic, to also make that same decision. You know, we saw it. Dusan Vlavic could have come to Arsenal and he could have earned more money. There's no question in my mind that in today's current climate, Arsenal would have been able to give Dusan Vlavic a type of contract that was bigger than anything that Juventus could offer. But it's that pull of playing for Juventus. It's that draw of playing for Juventus. And it's that comfort of staying within the Serie A. Now, I'm, this can be said for, for other countries, right, as well. Um, but I, and, and England is a prime example, right? You can say that the majority of the players in the England squad are domestic-based. Players that have grown up in England, love the football, want to stay here, don't feel the need to go anywhere else. And that's because we have the best league in the world. So there is no need, you'd think, for anybody to go anywhere. But when you think about the fact that Serie A is no longer the best league in the world, it was at one point, there's no question about that. But now it's not. It's not the highest paid. You don't get the biggest salaries there. 
the fact that you looked at that Euro 2020 final Italian team, right? Donnarumma in goal. Okay, he moved to Paris Saint-Germain. Di Lorenzo, Bonucci, Chiellini, Barella, Chiesa, Immobile, Insigne. And then you look at some of the substitutes. Cristante, Berardi, Benedeschi, Bellotti, Locatelli, Florenzi. All Italian-based. And when you think about the fact that, as I keep saying, Italy doesn't have the best league anymore, they still have the majority of their players and their, the majority of their players still want to play in that league because it still has that attraction to them. And so we shouldn't be surprised when Arsenal go in, if they did indeed go in, as this report suggests, for an Italian-based player, if we get this response back. It's not uncommon. We're not the only ones that are going to get this type of response from a Serie A-based player who's just quite happy to stay where he is. And I've seen it already. You know, there's been a few people on social media. Oh, my God, Arsenal can't even attract Skamaka. First of all, we don't know that Arsenal have even actually gone in for Gianluca Skamaka. But this is a report that is coming out of Italy and a report that's doing the round. So I wanted to talk about it. Putting all of that to one side, because it's it's very unlikely that Skamaka comes to Arsenal. As I say, he's got his sights set on Inter. Inter have their sights set on him. Um and, and I think that that's probably going to be his next destination. But would he be a good fit for Arsenal? To, looking at what his uh, what his qualities are, as I mentioned, 16 goals in the Serie A last season. Um, I, I think that it's more than just goals, though, with, with Gamaka. You're talking about somebody who is, um, is a big lad, uh, 195 centimetres tall. What's that in feet? Um six foot just under six foot four he's just under six foot four so he's a big unit he's a big striker he's a kind of target man that i kind of want us to sign really good at holding the ball up um offers a threat in behind is it as much as i'd like in an ideal striker no not quite i would say um but brings you a lot of things that arsenal kind of need and arsenal have kind of been without over the last couple of seasons so I don't think he's a. He would have been a bad signing if indeed this offer had been accepted, and if Gianluca Scamacca himself was interested in the move. But is it one I'm going to lose my mind about? No, because when I was thinking about the strikers I'd like to see Arsenal sign, he probably wasn't even in my top five, and I, I, I'm having a hard time believing as well that Arsenal have made a bid of 34 million pounds plus bonuses for this player. I don't think this day and age clubs work that way i don't think that clubs operate in that manner i think that clubs now even though it's not technically by the book the right way to do things i'm very certain actually that clubs go and test the water first so what i mean by that is you'd make indirect contact with Gianluca Scamacca's representatives you'd find out from his representatives if this is a move that interests him if this is a move that he'd be open to or consider and if he is, you make the bid, you make the offer. Now, when you think back to what happened with Vlavic in January, which was a big story and a big sort of debate and a big talking point, his representatives clearly gave off the impression that they would consider or be interested in a move to Arsenal. Hence why Arsenal followed through with a bid to Fiorentina. Now, it turns out that they were playing a game. And all they were trying to do was get him the better deal. And sometimes you will encounter that. Sometimes you will, um, you know, come across intermediaries and representatives who have one intention and one intention only, and that is to use you as a pawn in their game 
in their quest of you know higher salaries for their players bigger signing on fees bigger transfer fees from which they then get a bigger chunk of the pie so you've got to bear that in mind and you've got to take that into consideration but i don't even think that arsenal have skamaka on their list i don't even think that he's somebody that arsenal seriously consider um i think he's somebody that is obviously growing in reputation and given Arsenal's need for a striker, it's a very, very easy link to make. He's clearly outgrown Sassuolo, you could say, and you could argue. So I think we're at a place where we are going to be linked with every big striker available now. And it's an easy story to write to say that Arsenal have shown an interest or expressed an interest. I don't believe that the bid's gone in, as I say, because I don't believe that Arsenal would go that far as to making a bid without some indication from the representatives. And I think if you listen to the noises that have been coming out of Italy with regards um, with regards to um, Gianluca Scamacca's future, you'll always go back to or you'll always end up at the point whereby they're making it pretty clear that his intention is to stay in Italy and his intention is to join one of the big boys in the Serie A. So there's never been, for me, any sign, any indication that this could be a possibility. And this report to me has come completely out of the blue, completely out of the blue. So I am reluctant to believe it. I am reluctant to go down that rabbit hole. And I am reluctant to say, yes, this is definitely the case. Arsenal definitely did lodge a £34 million plus bonuses bid for Gianluca Schimacca, only for the player to turn around and say, nope, not interested. I won't be joining Arsenal. Um, let's, uh, let's see what some of you guys uh, are saying in the chat uh what else have we got um martin says if it, it is at least positive that we're looking at strikers and not just relying on jesus yeah if indeed we are uh, interested in the player um 33 fiver says well if we were to get him at the peak we can't afford him yeah like i think we all accept mate that arsenal are in a position now where we're not going to be able to always sign players at their absolute peak we're going to have to take some gambles in the way that we did on Ben White, in the way that we did on Aaron Ramsdale, on Martin Odegaard, players who clearly have shown something to suggest that they have the potential to get there someday, one day, but they're not there today. And I think that with Gianlucas Gamaka, this is very much that as well, right? So whoever takes a punt on him will be doing that on the basis that he could go on to become an elite striker because he isn't quite there yet. 16 goals in the Serie A is pretty impressive. I'm not knocking him. I'm not taking anything away from him. But he's not Erling Haaland levels. He's not Kylian Mbappe levels. He's not, um, you know, he's not in that top, top bracket of striker at this moment in time. And that's why he's affordable. Inter are going to take a punt on him. And, um, and I think that particularly in Italy, when you're making those domestic sort of transfers, it's normally quite safe, like it's normally quite a safe option to take. And I think that if he does go to Inter, as is being rumoured, I think he'll he'll do a good job there. I think he'll flourish. Interesting as well, while we're on the subject of Inter, Lautaro Martinez has been reported as uh, making it clear that he has no intention of leaving the Nerazzurri either. So that's another rumoured target that Arsenal are probably going to struggle to attain this summer. Uh, Social DRG says the pool to be the best in your country is massive. Could say the same about English players. Why do they tend to stay here? Yeah, I completely agree. The only difference, though, here, mate, and, and the point I was trying to make is that if you 
if you grow up in the Premier League, if, if if you break through in the Premier League and you're you're playing your football in what most would say is the best league in the world, there's nothing better out there for you to go in pursuit of, in search of. And sometimes wanting better can lead to you leaving your comfort zone, leaving your own country. We see it all the time. How many players come to the Premier League because it's a big league, because they pay great salaries, because it's the next step in their careers. In Italy, there is a bit of a ceiling at the moment because we've seen it in recent seasons. The Italian sides are not particularly competitive on the European stage anymore. Uh, the league certainly doesn't have the finance that some of the others do. And it certainly doesn't have the reputation that it once did. So there is more than the Serie A at this moment in time, whereas the Premier League for me today is, is the pinnacle. And that's the point I'm trying to make. You know, you, normally, if the league isn't the best, you'd see players go in pursuit of more and make those moves and be open and willing to make those moves. Whereas Serie A in particular is a league that does a really, really good job of keeping hold of its domestic products and um, and uh, and convincing them or, or keeping them within that kind of ecosystem. And I think this is another example of that. Uh, Matt Tomo says, I'm surprised Juventus winning the league every damn year hasn't changed that attitude and love for Serie A. Well, they haven't won it for a couple of years now, Juventus, and, and they've got a lot of work to do before they'll be back up there uh, under Max Allegri, who's obviously returned to the club for his second spell in charge. Look, I think I think that you could argue that the Premier League is becoming a bit elitist as well, you know, in that Manchester City and Liverpool have set a bar in the last few years that nobody's been able to get anywhere near. Um, and uh, and that's, uh, that's really important to note that as well, because it's not just the Serie A, you know, that Juventus dominance, it went on for way too long. I completely agree with you. And I think that's why everybody outside of Turin uh, was willing on anybody else to go and take that title. And obviously Inter did it last season um, under the, the, not the season just gone, the one prior under Antonio Conte. And then of course, uh, Stefano Pioli's Milan won it this year as well. Uh, Social also says past culture, winning mentality still remains within the Italian team. So money doesn't always appeal. Look at Man United, far from the best for a while now, yet they're able to still pull big names. Completely agree. Uh, what else have we got? Um, I'm always right. Here we go. It says, uh, I don't blame any ambitious or world-class players who reject moving to Arsenal. This is a classic example, though, of you peddling your narrative because Gianluca Scamacca is not world-class today. Not at all. Not even close to it. He's a good, young, up-and-coming striker who's had a good impact on the Serie A in the last couple of seasons, but he's not world-class. So stop trying to use that to, to peddle your narrative. Um, Lynn says it's like every club, the agents are looking for higher salaries. Completely agree. Uh, Martin also says we don't know the narrative that these targets are being given, i.e. what will their role be within the squad? Yeah, good point. Uh, Jabulani says, hi, Harry. The Athletic have mentioned Skimaka for a while now. I don't believe Arsenal made a bid, but I wouldn't say he's not a target. Look, yeah, but the Athletic have mentioned players that they think is a good fit for Arsenal. And uh, the Athletic have got things wrong too. You know, everybody does. I always say this about journalists. You know, when people give them grief and abuse and headache and hassle uh, when they get something wrong, it's not fair because that's based on the information that they've been provided. All they do is report information. And, um, and and so I'm very reluctant to dig in on journalists when they get things wrong, but they do. Um, you know, it, it can happen. I, I work in the industry and I get things wrong too. We all do. 
So um, just because it's been said by The Athletic, it doesn't make it gospel to me. Um, you know, I think they've I've read pieces where they've talked about him being a good potential fit. But I don't think there's ever been enough to suggest that this is a genuine target. And this is, you know, it's one thing liking a player, keeping an eye on a player. And it's another thing making an actual move to sign him. And I think there's a, there's a big difference there. And we've got to uh, remember that. Uh, Nordin Abbas says, Harry, I don't know if you realise that besides giving your opinions on matters, you're actually uh, educating fans to understand football matters better. Kudos to you. Thank you so much, mate, uh, for your kind words. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, Matt is still all in on uh, Jesus. He says he's the one, in my opinion, he's the best fit when you think about the money considered as well. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, typically Arsenal fan says, Harry, don't you find it funny that the media are trying to push their narrative and come up with false reports about Arsenal on targets? Sorry, about Arsenal targets every day. Yeah, because I've said it before, we're massive. You know, this is a huge club with a huge fan base. And clearly the opinion of the majority of fans is that Arsenal need to do some significant business this summer if they're to kick on and push on to the next level. And so... You know, if you're looking for clicks, if you're looking for traffic, you would do what you can to capitalise and jump on that, right? Um, you know, I, I like doing these shows over the summer because, because I enjoy keeping tabs on everything that's going on. Um, if it wasn't worth my while numbers-wise in terms of downloads, and, and, and this is the reality of it, look, I'm not going to shirk away from it, let's be honest. If Transfer Talk wasn't worthwhile, from a creator's point of view, then not many of us would do it. We do it over the summer because there is an interest for it. And because there is an interest for it, we continue to grow our platforms and our channels by having those discussions and those debates. What I won't do is lead you down a garden path and pretend that I believe something is true if I don't. If I think that there is, you know, there is lots to doubt with regards to a particular room and a particular story like this one, yeah, I'll title the video what I've titled it and I'll title the episode what I've titled it, but I will be very clear and upfront about the fact that I don't think that this is a goer at this moment in time or I don't believe this report to be um, 100% accurate. I'm going to take a couple more uh, on this and then we're going to move on um, to uh, another story. Uh, Steve Stone says, Adrian Durham has been making a career out of upsetting Arsenal fans for years. Yeah, indeed he has. Uh, OK, look, OK, let's move on from the Skamaka stuff, because um, as I say, is it true? Don't know. Not sure. Don't think so, though, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, is he a good fit? I think he's got a lot of the qualities that we'd, we'd quite like and I'd quite like personally. But um don't know if he's ready for that jump to the Premier League. I think that he's got to prove himself as a top striker in the Serie A before we can talk about going and splashing big, big cash on him. And I think he's on the way there, but he's not quite there just yet okay uh what are we talking about next so let's talk about alexander zinchenko a player that arsenal have been linked with uh, for a few days now maybe a week or so uh, performed admirably for the ukraine in their game against scotland in which they came out as victors and now take on wales uh, in of course uh, that world cup playoff What's the latest on him? Well, we read a report uh, that was coming out of Spain yesterday, which claimed that Manchester City will be OK with letting Zinchenko go and that the door will be open for him to join Arsenal 
once they complete a left-back signing. Now, who is this mystery left-back, you might ask, that Manchester City are being heavily linked with, according to those reports in Spain? And it's none other than Brighton and Hove Albion's Mark Kukurea. He's really, really impressed this season. He's done a brilliant job of getting up and down that left-hand side and causing opponents all sorts of problems. But he looks to me like a wing-back rather than a left-back. And given that Manchester City play with a back four, I wonder how that fits. Now, I don't. I know that they push their full-backs on, and so he's still going to do an awful lot of attacking, and he's still going to spend an awful lot of time in the opponent's half. But um, this one came as a bit of a surprise to me. I've got to be honest. Are Manchester City interested in Marco Correa? That's what those reports are suggesting. And is that a deal that they hope to get done soon? It seems that's the case. Now, if they do, according to this very same report, Arsenal would be uh, able to then make their move for Alexander Zinchenko, who, although primarily plays as a central midfield player, and I think has proven on the international stage in particular that he's much better there, Pep Guardiola is reluctant to let him go without having more cover at left-back. Now, left-back has been a problem position for Manchester City for as long as I can remember. Fortunately for them, they can throw shit tons of money at it every summer and make it right. Uh, obviously, everything that's happening with Mendy um, is a problem for them at the moment. Joao Cancelo is playing at left-back quite a bit, although he'd prefer to play on the right-hand side. Uh, Carl Walker has had injury problems, which has meant that Joao Cancelo has had to go out to that right-hand side and cover there from time to time. John Stones has played there on various occasions. Nathan Ake's had to come in at left-back. And it's clear that that's one area in that Manchester City team that you look at and you think that's not quite bulletproof. So I'm not surprised to hear that they're in the, the running for a left-back. Uh, Mark Kukurea was a name that surprised me slightly, but... He has had an excellent season, hasn't he? You can't get away from that. So that's the latest on Alexander Zinchenko. So according to those reports, it seems that Arsenal are waiting for Manchester City to conclude or wrap up some business and some additional cover for that left-back position, a position in which Zinchenko has proven himself to be a capable deputy before they will entertain any talk of his departure. Uh, moving on to Gabriel Jesus, who we've already spoken about briefly on this episode. What is happening with him? Well, he keeps saying that his future will be decided once he returns from international duty, which suggests that he's not a million miles away from making his decision and he's not a million miles away from securing a move away from the Etihad to somebody else. Now, Arsenal have been heavily linked. He's been heavily uh, rumoured to want to join the Gunners but apparently Juventus have entered the mix as well. Now, remember, Juventus recently signed a striker in Dusan Vlavic, a player that we were desperate to bring to Emirates Stadium. However, they are going to lose Alvaro Morata, who's played a really key and important part for them this season because he is currently on loan from Atletico Madrid. And it's our understanding that Atletico Madrid uh, has set their price for Alvaro Morata, but Juventus simply will not or cannot pay it at this moment in time. Can they afford Gabriel Jesus then? That is the big question because you'd imagine with his stock being a lot higher at this moment in time than Alvaro Morata's that he would cost a pretty penny more. So how is that going to work? I'm not entirely sure. But it goes back to what I was saying on yesterday's press review show. If you want the player, go out and, and meet Manchester City's valuation of the player. It's as simple as that. Because as I keep saying, yeah, Juventus might be in the running and he may even prefer 
um, or, or be tempted by the idea of going to Juventus because of the fact that there's a greater chance that they will win their league than we will next season. They're obviously in the Champions League next season. We're not, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't have the financial power that the Premier League clubs do. And we have to use that to have our advantage. Everybody else does. So why can't we? Um, that's where I am on the Jesus thing. I, I think if Arsenal do what Manchester City want, if Arsenal meet the requirements and meet what Gabriel Jesus is after as well, I don't think there's any reason for him to go anywhere else. I think he, he wants to stay in the best league in the world. I think the London life will appeal to him. There's quite a strong Brazilian contingent developing at Arsenal as well, which I think will help in terms of persuading him and convincing him that this is the place for him. So let, let's do it. Let's make it happen. The other bit I just wanted to touch on uh, briefly was with regards to Yuri Tielemans. Uh, apparently talks around that are still progressing and the likelihood of Yuri Tielemans becoming an Arsenal player, so we're told, is increasing which would be nice. Uh, we're even starting to see Belgian flags and, and sort of loading signs uh, being tweeted by various uh, big Arsenal accounts now. now. I don't think it's that close. I don't think it's done. Um, but of course, uh, it does seem that that is one that we could do again if we really want to make it happen. There's no reason why we shouldn't or couldn't. So still optimistic about us getting hold of those targets. Don't forget to hit the like button if you haven't done so already. There's over a couple of hundred of you with me live right now, but we've only got 40 likes on the board. What on earth is going on? Let's get it up to 100 uh, at minimum. Please do subscribe to the channel if you're new as well. And also, uh, if you haven't done so already, because I've only recently set this up and I've been trying to see if I can make it work. I'm not a big, um, you know, I'm not a, a massive, um, you know, I'm not a massive um social media kind of guy i know i'm on twitter and i'm active on twitter and i do various other bits and pieces but i'm going to drop a, a link in the chat right now to uh my new tiktok account yes i have set up a tiktok account where i'm going to be dropping really really short form stuff uh, you can find me on twitter i can't share the link but you can find me on tiktok at harry simu just all in one word all lowercase uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing some TikTok bits over the summer, put a couple of videos out over the last few days. And it basically just breakdowns of of the headlines that we're talking about and then directing people over here to the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel or podcast uh, for you to get the full download and my full views on those particular sides. But yeah, I'm on TikTok like the kids. So check it out at Harry Simeon. Right. OK, Um we are going to leave it there. We've been going for half an hour. I'd love to do a much longer show. But of course, as I mentioned to you guys, I've got to get myself down uh, to TalkSport. You can catch me on TalkSport 2 a little bit later on. I'll tweet out the details uh, shortly. So keep your eyes peeled on that. And uh, and I'll be bringing you guys uh, some form of video a little bit later on, probably part of the talk sport show that we do today thank you all so so much uh just quickly before i go uh social says are you dancing in them in the tiktoks no 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 no. they're football tiktoks i promise you i promise you there's no dodgy dances there's no uh memes or anything like that it's literally bite-sized pieces of football stuff uh, that's what you're going to get from me in tiktok i'm not down with the kids i don't know what all that stuff is about if i'm being honest so uh, i'll catch you all soon Cheers for tuning in. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.